0: Welcome to the Justin Louie Podcast. We're going to be talking all things mental health, addiction recovery, through to human optimization, and taking a deep dive into spirituality. Sit tight, listen in, and here we go. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Today, uh, chatting to a good brother of mine, Arana. Uh, we met uh, well quite a while ago now. He's only, he was 15 at the time, and I was 20, so 15 years ago. Uh, the Broncos had signed him up, and he come over and was living with a girlfriend at the time's family, and so that's kind of like where our relationship begun. And we're going to be diving into a good chat about his story today. Uh, obviously, played a fair bit at NRL, spent some time at some good clubs, and yeah, we're going to be diving into his story and, and sharing some uh, some of his wisdom on his journey and the transformation that he's had post-football with his business and stuff, so... Welcome, Arna. Hey, bro. How are
1: you going?
0: Good, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. It's uh, We were just chatting before we come on about, obviously, the power of social media and obviously by getting getting on board myself of late and uh, being able to reconnect and uh, yeah have these sort of conversations with people like yourself is, is amazing. Um, yeah, I guess, so why don't we start way back where it all began, I guess, as a, as a 15-year-old boy. I mean, even at 15, you were built like a frigging 25-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good rig on him yeah, I guess, um, talk us through what it was kind of like, I guess, is it, I mean, having to pack up your, pack up home and, and jump countries as a young fella and, and live with a sort of a family you didn't know. And yeah, obviously a pretty, pretty good family, but the tens as we both agree there.
1: Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful family, bro. Yeah. Cool, bro. Thanks for having me. Gee, I didn't know you were 20 back then. You probably looked like you were 25, 30. <laughs> eh? you you're, you're a machine, bro. You love the gym. <laughs> uh... But, um, yeah, yeah, no, cool. Thanks for having me, right? Yeah, obviously, I, I'm, I'm I'm Kiwi born. Um, you know, grew up in Wellington, played rugby union my whole life growing up. You know, grew up enjoying playing sports. Obviously, every every Kiwi growing up now, uh, you know, aspires to be an All Black. Probably a lot more now than back in the day, the way that they're going. But yeah, got an opportunity. You know, when I was about thirteen, fourteen, at a high school that I was at, Whanganui High School to be a part of, obviously, the the Broncos came over and they ran a rugby league clinic and they were picking two kids to uh, sign up to go over and do pre-season training with the Broncos. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of those kids. Uh, another guy was a, a guy called John John What Do you remember a guy called John Turrell? Yeah,
0: John John Terrell, yeah. John John? John John, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, John John was obviously the, the, the kid that I was a little bit older and, and I was the younger kid. I was about 13, 14, I think I was at that stage. Um, so I came over to Australia to do a, a clinic, like a sports clinic or a pre season type training schedule, uh, over two weeks when I was about fourteen. And then the following year, uh, I came over and done it again and then they offered me a full time scholarship to move to, to move to Australia and I was I just turned fifteen. It was around April, that's where my birthday is. So I pretty much moved over the week after my 15th birthday, and uh, yeah, got got the opportunity to, to live with a beautiful family, the Tanza family, still good mates with, you know, the, all of the family now, but I guess, yeah, touching into that, it was probably a good opportunity for me, yep. you know, back then, where I kind of grew up, it wasn't rough, but, you know, you take all your opportunities when you're at that age as well, you probably don't look at it, you don't look at it as, as that type of thing where, geez, you're only 14, 15 years of age. Yeah. And you know, you don't ask those questions, you know, are you ready? Um, you know, what support do you have around you? What's probably, you know, your 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 overall plan yep. in it as well. We don't really ask you those questions, you kinda of just jump into it and, and learn along the way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of mistakes there, bro, yeah. for sure. But you know, having a family now and uh, being in the fortunate position of having our business running, um, you know, it's definitely something that I probably learned. You know, learned a lot of things. So, but yeah, it was it was it was something that I really enjoyed back then. You know, only 15, 16, moving to Brizzy, going to Clever, it was it was a good experience. I, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't change anything going back to those days. So yeah,
0: for sure. And I guess like looking back to that stage, obviously when they're picking talent and they're getting them over here, do you think there's much or there's areas that they could maybe um, concentrate more on as far as like the self development? on a personal level too it's not just about obviously being a sport athlete I mean we need to make sure that definitely personally we uh, because obviously I mean at the time like you said when you're 15 year old you'd taken this opportunity and running at it with both hands I mean and and, it, yeah. and and loving it but then kind of like I guess we are now looking back you could think well you know there wasn't really much emphasis on you know trying to develop because even at that time we're very we're very young and very uh, fragile to to circumstances was you know where the spending that extra or importance on you know making sure that athlete is developing in other areas of their life too not just about you know developing them as a, as an athlete they need to be de- developing them definitely into a human being
1: definitely especially in the rugby league space so uh you know now of the last probably year and a half two years i've been able to dive into uh player welfare and understand a little bit more about rugby union players yeah uh, you know and and i think you know, in that space as well where uh, you've got you NRL know, players, those younger kids probably don't get as much support. Yeah. And I think when I was growing up, um, I never had a manager, right? So I never had a manager until I was about 17. It's still quite young, but you got to remember, I signed my first contract when I was 15. Yeah. And... Uh, Ivan Hinjek pretty much looked after me. And obviously he was affiliated with the Broncos. He was the assistant coach. So Ivan Hingek and uh, uh, Cyril Connell were the guys that pretty much recruited me. Yeah. So I was binded to the Broncos no matter what. I never really had, you know, other uh, a manager that was probably like a third party that could negotiate for me with other clubs. Yeah. And that's what happened. Uh, other clubs started to, you know, have a bit of interest in me and then I never really had anyone to go to to talk to them about you know what's my plan at this club yeah. um you know what's my plan overall and I think you know when I did go to the Broncos it was great because I was, I was contracted to a club but once you get into the club now you should always have a plan about you know you know what are my goals for this year you know what are the rep sizes that I want to make you know what I want to what do I want to do off the field uh, you know what does my salary look like what does my contract look like and you know where you know obviously when you're so young you, you everyone wants to be the NRL player yep. um but you know how quickly are you going to get there and what what is the realistic process for you you know to get there when you know when the time is right so um, for me, looking back now, there was no real plan there. There was kind of like, yeah, you're gonna make it, a, you're already, you know, you're already here. That was my mindset. You know, I was always gonna make it. Yeah. Um, but there was no year-to-year plan based on, okay, you need to work on this for this year. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to go, and then the following year, have a, have, have a new set of goals to then get you to the next step. So there was no real personal development off the field um, from the NRL, and there still isn't. There still isn't. It's pretty poor in there. But yeah. um, you know, for me looking back, yeah, you know, I, th- I think if you can just create a plan for yourself every year to get a little bit better, and then have the ultimate goal to you know obviously play the game that everyone wants to play at, at the highest level, yeah. uh, I think that can really help a lot of younger players, you know, moving forward.
0: For sure, because even if you think of it back to as a business perspective, like like you said, you're 15 when you sign your first NRL contract. So technically speaking, you started your professional career at 15 per se. Like pretty much. So if you yeah. say to someone, you say you say to someone, a 15 year old comes to you and says, oh, "I want to open up a restaurant" or "I want to open up a, a business," you look at them and you think like, "No, you, you don't have the development stage." But these these clubs are these kids, and technically they're starting their business per se. But Without having that sort of emphasis on like what having, making sure that they've like you just said the support or having the role models or the people that can have their long term interest at their yeah. at the best, yeah. not worrying about just trying to get this, you know, the, the worrying about them performing on the field. But we got to think about, well, as a human being, we care for this person. Obviously, he right here right now, but obviously we got to do what's best for that person uh, for the rest of their life too.
1: Definitely, which yeah. Is,
0: which is kind of like, yeah, I've a, lo- a long way to go, I guess, with regards to that. But the more stuff, obviously, what you're doing and with player welfare and, and bringing awareness to these players and, and yeah. the information regards that. So if you're a young kid and you've got these opportunities ahead, it's important to keep keep your awareness on, well, I'll make sure I need to get my manager. i make sure I need to get people that are not only caring about my football career, but I need to be looking past football yeah. and worrying about how, how they can develop me because at best, I mean football careers, unless you're like Cameron Smith. <laughs> yeah. But I mean they yeah. you know, some people, some people's careers are, are very minimal and if Definitely. they put all the emphasis on that, that career, then what are they gonna do after footy? And well
1: that well that's right, eh? Like, especially now, like uh you'd think there'd be a lot more awareness in players now, like uh, with social media now, third party contracts, you know, having a plan there off the field and like there's still in the in the rugby league space, um there's still really limited opportunities for or athletes to build their personal brand, and then build you know their property portfolio or their development portfolio off the field because these guys are on a lot of money, right? Yeah. And the, you know uh, the way that the bank looks at them, they're on pay slips. You know they work for a company or they work for the club. They play football. Um, pretty much send two pay slips off to the bank, and you're going to get pre approval based on you know your income. And you know we're not talking about. Eighty to one hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollar income players. We're talking about guys that are on four, five, six, seven hundred thousand. You know, yeah. they yeah. have you know no assets, and and that's where I was. You know, when I was at the Cowboys, I was on you know thirty two thousand a month after tax when I was there, and you know never walked away with yeah. an opportunity to you know invest into any property. My manager never you know offered me any opportunities to you know even talk about tax. Yeah. You know, buy this property to offset the tax, and I think that you know that's what we do now, but. In that space as well, there's not, you know, you're talking about professional athletes not buying any property, you know, not talking about the tax implications of, you know, trying to write some tax off based on an investment, which is property. And I think that's a scary, scary space where, you know, you put all your faith into, you know, a player agent and, you know, these guys aren't even helping. Yeah, they might get you to a club. That's their job. Negotiate your contract, sign to a club, and then pretty much, you know, they take the 10% off. Whatever it might be, but then they're not helping you develop as as a young man. Because the young men, if you really think about it, you yeah, know sure. their, their brain their brains haven't even developed yet to be able to think about um, you know property or development. Because a lot of you NRL know, players now, you know, what do they do? They just want to play sports. Yeah. But realistically, <laughs> the smarter guys at the end of their careers, when they obviously go through a bit of stuff, then they start thinking, well, Jesus, I need to you know buy a property or. You know, I need to put some money away or I need to do a development or I need to do something, um, you know, to be able to put myself in a position to work after after sports. Yeah. So, you know, but they have missed out on, you know, a lot of NRL players play now at, you know, the age of 19 and, they, you know, they don't probably invest until they're probably about 25 if they, if, if they do. Um, And I think that's a really, really scary thing. And I guess that's why we jumped into this space to be able to, first of all, see where they are. You know, first of all, the athlete has to be in the right mindset to be able to say, well, yeah, I want to do this. Uh, And then second of all, you know, pull the trigger and trying to, you know, get something or move some things around where where it can help him and his family, uh, you know, when they retire.
0: Yeah. So like, I guess going back to that, then, so where was kind of the, the awakening period for you when you were sort of coming towards... Um, obviously we, was you you're at the Cowboys or your Panthers when you're sort of like realising like you know what this footy uh, is really like we spoke about off, off offline but it's kind of like burning me out here like this is not giving me uh, what I want it's not sort of this is not going to be maybe the direction I want to take and then obviously obviously moving into this where you are now, what what, what were some of the things uh, for you personally? It was
1: funny, bro, because, you know, like when I was young, I signed with the Broncos, amazing club. Then I I left the Broncos to go to the Roosters. Roosters was a great club, um, you just see what they do now with, you know, all their players. You know, if you're if you're a lifetime player there, you know, you're pretty much set up for the rest of your life compared to, you know, other players that play for other clubs. Yeah. I left that club to go to the Bulldogs. I made my NRA, NRL debut there when I was first year out of high school. I think I was 19. Um, awesome club. And then I went to Melbourne after that. So I pretty much went to the four best clubs in the NRL, you know, <laughs> straight away, you know, every year. So, and I think, you know, after I left Melbourne, I pretty, I went to some pretty average clubs and, and I don't mean average and, you know, um, people, I think just the structure that the, that the clubs run themselves and you know, when, if you're a young kid and I was still only like 22 at this day, 21, and, um, you know, after when you leave the Melbourne storm, Where, you know, all the best players set the tone. You know, you've got Michael Maguire there, you've got Steve Kearney, Craig Bellamy, and um the coach at Parramatta now, he was there, he was there as well. He was the twenties coach. So Arthur. Arthur Beatson. Arthur oh Arthur Arthur Brad Arthur. Brad Arthur. So Brad Arthur was there, you know, and all these guys were, you know, fuck bro, they were crazy, you know, they were actually You know the top. They could have been at other clubs coaching uh, the the head coach of all you know NRL clubs, and that's what they're doing now. You know they're all they've all left Melbourne Storm now, and they're all the head coaches at, at other NRL clubs. And I guess what that developed me into when I went to you know the Tigers and I went to um, the Cowboys and Penrith. That you know the organisations they they didn't really train themselves to be at the highest level, yeah. where you know all the best players they never even trained. Yeah. You know when I came from the Storm. To go to these other clubs, I was like, you know, in my mindset, I was like, geez, you know, why am I at a club? You know, you guys don't even have a chance. If, if the best players in the club aren't going to train, or they're not going to do fitness, they're just going to pick what they want to do. Yeah, wow. You know, how are other how are young other athletes meant to aspire to to win? Where you know the younger kids are the ones training hard, and you look at the older guys, and and they're not even setting the, the platform, or they're not even setting the standards. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was pretty crap. You know, that, that was a bit of a letdown. And I think, you know, going through all the best clubs and then coming to the end of when, I, when I walked away, um, there were a lot of things. Obviously, I was drinking a lot, partying a lot back then. Um, you know, there's a little bit of prescription drugs there as well. And then pretty much, bro, with my partner now, she fell pregnant. I just had to walk away, yeah. you know. I made a decision to walk away because my life was, was, was crap. You know my yeah. my my day to day life. Like even if people probably looked at me, they probably would have thought it was it was a great life. You know the sporting life. Everyone does think it's great, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: it's hard work. It's hard work. But um, you know the NRL boys. You know they they're put on this pedestal where you know everything's glorified or you know. But realistically, man, they're just normal people getting paid probably a little bit of money and they play footy on TV. And for me, looking back then, you know I. And this is what I I go back to with structure. You know, if you have no structure off the field with investing, with your finances, uh, being honest about yourself, you know, what you want to put yourself into a position when you retire, you know, there's really, for me, there was really no real quality in life back then compared to where what I was able to learn when I had my first daughter, you know, be there for my partner, work, walk away from sports, not even have any, you know, not have anything behind me. I had a little bit of money behind me. But, you know, how quickly does money run out, you know, when you're not, when you're not working? So, yeah, that, that, that was that was the, the time in my life where I knew I had to change everything. You know, obviously when you have a daughter, you know, coming, it's pretty realistic, bro. You either you sink or swim. So, and I was always a guy, you know, I come from a really big family. I've got four brothers, three sisters. So I always wanted to support my partner and be there for my kids. Um, and, and, you know, you make that decision, right? You know, and that decision for me, even though I probably could have stayed and, um, got paid a little bit of a bit, little bit of money. I don't think I would have been the best person to support. You know, my, probably my daughter yep. and, and my partner. So I walked away pretty much straight away. Uh had some pretty much, de- you know, pretty had some deep conversations with um with Phil Gould because Phil Gould was the guy that got me to um Penrith at that stage. Yeah. And and you know, I remember having a conversation in in his office, and he was pretty much saying, you know, like you're either going to kill yourself, or, you, or you're going to you know kill somebody else. So. I and mean, that was just the reckless decisions I was making when I was, you know, drinking alcohol and being around that, around that rugby league atmosphere, or that 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 rugby league, yeah, the culture, the culture. You know, the culture is pretty toxic, yeah. bro. You know, to be honest, and it, yeah. and it, and it's toxic from the top, and it still is. But that's just where I was. You know, um, I made some pretty poor decisions back then, and then yeah, like I said, bro. Pretty much, my missus said to me. um you know, um, I'm pregnant and then I knew what I had to do, walk away, clean myself up and, um, you know, and now, now now, I don't look back, but I love I love the life that I live now, so it's great.
0: That's awesome, bro. Kudos to you because that, that takes uh, it takes balls and it's courageous, man, because like you said, a lot of people, you've got, obviously, you've got this, um, what you've been working at, what you love so much, but you're fully aware of how destructive it has it become in your life and for you to be for you to really step up to be the father the partner that you want to be that you you're here to be then yeah. you had to make that tough tough decision which is like yeah. but it's admirable and uh and yeah, massive massive um Thanks bro. Massive massive for you. I guess uh and that's that's really powerful too because I mean there's going to be <laughs> for what you've just shared you could guarantee there's there's countless of these professional athletes that are in that same position yeah. for you like
1: Oh bro, I've seen heaps, you know. I've I've sat with heaps of them now and um, it's, it's still there, you know, that persona, I guess, um, that perception, but yeah, I guess, you know, and that's why I go back to the mindset, you know, if you've got your plan and, you know, your plan aligns into, you know, having a good life off the field and, you know, having a plan on the field, you know, it's, 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 it's a really good thing, you know, cause nothing else can really influence you because, you know, you know what you want to get out of it and people can still come in and give their opinion, you know and whether or not it's a good opinion or or it's a bad opinion if you've got your plan there um and you and you're into and you're doing it um you know you definitely see what type of people are coming into your life for certain things and I think you can make a strong decision if you've got that plan if you don't have a plan even if it's about buying a property or, or, or achieving goals um, day to day to to play first grade, or if you're in the first grade um, space and and you're and, and you want to keep your position yeah. and you've got that plan, you know, not a lot of people can come in and influence you if if you know what you
0: want to do. It's such an important security thing, like you mentioned, like being yeah. able to be be able to set yourself up off the field is going to make you a better athlete on the field because all of a sudden this extra pressure is not on your shoulders that okay this has to work. I mean, I need this to work. It's like no, like. Okay I've got a plan B if footy if if footy falls away tomorrow or whatever soccer whatever the sport is you play then I can still feed my family I can still pay yeah. the bills and i feel like having that security within your own psyche is, is going to make you a better athlete because then you can just turn up and and play the sport you love and it's not like 100% man, this has this is like nah, shit this has to work. Oh, this club cuts me man i'm i'm screwed or i am get to go here it's like no i can just turn up and give my best and it doesn't matter if footy, if i break my leg tomorrow then i'm still going to be financially uh, I'm, I'm financially, right. I'm financially yeah. secure my family's secure yeah. and that's what that's what i love about like what you're into now which we'll chat about shortly but Yep. I guess before we move on to that I just to yeah. wrap up for that last part I guess what would uh, cuz like we said there's a lot of people would be in th- that field where you were uh, right now and I guess yeah. for those for those people or even like what would the AJ today have said to you the AJ of say the 24 or 22 year old AJ like for, as far as some uh, a bit of wisdom or a bit of guidance like
1: it's hard, eh? It's hard because, uh, man, we helped a young kid uh, last year. Uh, we, he, ha- he actually had his hand over to his property that we helped them buy uh, last week, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So it's all finished now. We're getting it tenanted. And, like, uh, I actually wanted to manage this kid because, obviously, we're good friends now with the family. I'm helping his brother buy a property now. Um, and I remember being at the restaurant a couple of them before coronavirus. Um, I said, Man, you know, you're twenty years old, you've bought your first property, you've only probably played, you know, maybe six, seven NRL games, don't quote me on that, but you know, around that, yeah. but you know, you're twenty years old, um, you know, your missus is nineteen, you know, and, and just that and I said, mate, you know, no one would have been able to tell me to buy a property at that stage of my life, you know, looking back, uh you know and um i guess that's just the person that i was so I, I i feel like i can relate to a lot of athletes now when they say oh you know this is not for me or you know i want to listen to my manager or i want to listen to my partner because sometimes the partner always gives the athlete a lot of advice and i've probably seen 85% of partners give the wrong advice to athletes and that's just that's just the relationship that they have a lot of the partners in the NRL as well um probably don't have it you know they don't work but they think that they know it they know it all until the end of their career when they really don't have anything so um <laughs> I'm not saying all of them are like that but most of them are um, yeah. but you know in that space you know when we go back to talking about myself bro that's why you know've I've really had the time to you know let athletes make up their make up their mind and I'll tell you now bro we probably sat last year with maybe, you know, over 20, 20 athletes yep. and all those athletes could have bought property. And, you know, we probably only helped maybe three. Wow. But I think the difference between guys that that didn't buy, and I always say this even to today to anyone, I said, mate, even if you don't want to do stuff with us, you know, you should do it for yourself. And for those athletes, man, they're still in the same position where they were, you know, 12 months ago, which is which is pretty crap, right? Because, you know, they've just missed out on an opportunity to offset the tax based on an investment. So they would have paid... 250000 in tax and, you know, they wouldn't have been able to claim anything back because they have no deductions. So it's not just about buying the property. It's like you guys are paying so much tax, you know, how create a plan, how to, you know, get some of that tax back. and, And that's what I always say. I say, look, you know, for them, you're doing something for yourself. Our company has, you know, obviously the platform to use to buy property, you know, do everything. But- for yourself, you know, you need, you, and I and I know guys, bro, that have more premiership rings than property, <laughs> and I think that's pretty scary. Yeah, wow. that's a pretty scary thing. Yeah, you know, because if you've got, you know, more premiership, you know, winning rings than property, then you know, you haven't really set yourself up to be in a position to take advantage of 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 where you are. You 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 know, you've won a comp, you know, you'd be on more than you know two three hundred thousand a year, and you know, if you are playing for the Roosters and you've got no property, you should be asking yourself a question, you know. Yeah. Mm. Or, or maybe not even the club or the manager. So, but then you know, I always say it comes back down to the athlete now because there's a lot of there's a lot of information going out there now that it's the club's fault, it's the manager's fault. I say, well, you know, at the end of the day, you can always walk away from the club, you can always walk away from your manager. When you build your own plan, you sit down with people that want to help you. um, It comes down to you. You know, at the end of the day, you have the decision to do whatever you want to do. It's your money, it's your income, you sign the contract. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. We've helped a lot of guys now, transitioned. I think a lot of athletes now have been able to see what we've done. And um and that's the thing, you know, that you're the one reaching out to get help, yeah. whether or not you're in a bad situation or a good situation. And I like I like the guys that are in really bad situations because when bad situations happen, then they tend to make a decision. A lot of the players that are riding the high when they're at the highest of their career they tend to you know just just love love the cash flow love the cash shit in there but that's when you need to make you know the decisions for yourself you know when you're when you're at the top say okay now now's the decision to invest you know put my money here um because obviously you'll you'll have a lot more time there to watch it grow as well so
0: yeah that's awesome obviously then moving into that that's because like you' saying but you put together this plan a lot of your businesses that revolved around like because obviously being a professional athlete and and knowing the system knowing the what you found to be sort of uh loopholes or faults in the system and then obviously yeah with with the big kind heart that you have you're about trying to you know help like you said help these people uh become more secure within their lives not just about you know reaping in reaping in the couple of years or maybe a half a decade while it's going good yeah obviously wt capital is uh is aj and his uh, partner's business and it's awesome what they're doing yeah. So talk a bit about like your your intentions. I guess with with regards to what you're wanting to do with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my business plan was pretty much just based off my life. Really. Um. You know, understanding what I went through. You know, when I was really young. You know, listening to a lot of other people. I probably should have had my my dad as my manager. Looking back now, and I say this now just because my dad's a great guy. Um. Very smart. No, uh, very intelligent and pretty much just knows, you know, he's, he's pretty much a lawyer, my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's probably the one thing that I look back at now. But I guess the business plan that we had when we started was ultimately to help athletes. Uh, we, we got an opportunity to work in the mines. Um, I'll touch a little bit about that. But yeah, it was pretty much just trying to help athletes um, secure investments or buy property. Not property to live in because a lot of athletes um, jump clubs. So they might move from club to club to club. So why would you buy your own occupied property? Um, you would help them buy investment properties and like I said before, offset the tax based on you know those investments. So, you know, superannuation was another one, you know, setting up a self-managed super fund. And a lot of people say, a lot of athletes would say, super, I can't touch it. But imagine having one or two or three properties sitting in a South Manor Super Farm when you're retired to give to your kids. Mm. Those are the type of things, you know, and I think that's what really helped me having my daughters, you know, having my daughter uh, when I was so young and then understanding that I really had nothing there as, as an asset when I walked away from football where I could have invested and I didn't get the opportunities um, to invest into so yeah I built this business plan um, to help athletes and it was just guys average guys you know guys that didn't know the financial world didn't know the property world but were so secure and listening to you know their agents and their agents were doing nothing bro yeah. you know and a lot of agents still aren't doing anything um, why why our business has probably been successful this year because a lot of athletes now are starting to realize you know they're, 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 the managers are charging them all this money but realistically isn't really helping them set themselves up for a, a life after football and that's what I that's what I built was like a, a plan and, and an honest plan right and and when you start talking about money and finance and and, and, and where you need to be, to buy a property a lot of emotions come up right you know obviously that they've got to disclose or they've got to they've got to let us know um you know how much what their contracts worth what they're getting paid you know if they're in good credit situation or a bad credit situation we'll help them fix that yeah. um so for a lot of kiwis they don't like talking about money or or, or their current financial situation so you now i broke through a couple of barriers there and it was just up front when you've got a business there That helps guys. You know, you need to ask those tough questions. You know, what do you have at the moment? You know, and you're talking about guys that are on six, seven hundred thousand a year not having anything, you know? Yeah. Um, So that was a bit of a barrier. But, you know, my intentions was just to help guys similar to me. Like I said, you know, I was on a bit of money when I was playing and never got the opportunity to to invest, but um, yeah, bro, you know it was pretty tough because a lot of the player agents didn't want to work with us just because they want a big cash. You know, they want a cash up front to help the athletes. And I said, <laughs> at the end of the day, your athletes have nothing. You know, you've got forty guys on your books, and you know none of them got property. And I think that's a bit of a what? Well, what well, how would you say it well, yeah, shit go? Yeah, yeah. Go? it's
0: pretty well. It is pretty sad, and that it's exactly like what you are saying before yeah. because they don't they don't care. Like you said, they want money up front. They all they're worrying about is right here, right now. Which is yeah. a, which is a sad thing because if they yeah yeah you know, the, the part of their job is to or a big part of their job is to play welfare too in that regard but yeah. like that, that's their manager like if you have they say yeah yeah
1: <laughs> they
0: say they say player welfare but fine yeah but it's not and that's why mate I I really respect and and admire like what your your business model and what you're doing now using your using it. your experiences and using that to really. You care care about setting these guys up because you can relate to that. You can see yeah. the importance yeah. of it, and a lot of it is is just like having these conversations and bringing awareness about it. Because I remember what it was like for yeah. for myself. I didn't know too much about it, and then after learning about it, you realise that kind of like when you when you don't have any awareness about, it, it looks like a big black hole. Hey, it's like oh shit, you yeah. don't, want to, don't want to go there. But then people like yourself and and you, what your company's doing. You can sit down and and break it down for these guys to to say like bro like you you know, you you're making this money you can break it down to a step by step process to really set you up yeah, for 5 definitely. 10 15 20 25 for, for life i mean
1: pop, that's right
0: bro 100%. Property, 100% all the world's richest millionaires i mean it's like i think it's 95% of the world's richest millionaires are there through property it might be 95 or 90% yeah. it, was, it was a crazy yeah. it was a crazy statistic so yeah that's yeah. it's exactly why we said the, the importance of having that these conversations and getting that out there for these guys that are making good coin, and it's not even for the people that are making six, seven hundred thousand. It's also people that are pulling on, like the miners and that they're working. They might be making one fifty, yeah, you know, even one hundred and fifty grand a year, bro. That's like that's good coin. They can be starting to set up, yeah. like you said, getting getting things in place for their their super fund and, and making starting to buy off something small that's not gonna that's positively geared or at least neutral.
1: And yeah, definitely, bro. Definitely. And and that was the funny thing as well. Like last year, I, I remember we helped this girl. She was. um she was about 20, 21, 22. Um, Australian young girl, she came to us, she'd been living with her mum and dad, and her income, bro, was about $65,000. And she had saved, she told us that she saved it. Um, so she had started working when she was about 18, and uh, she had saved about 30 grand. Oh wow. So uh, and this is what I mean, you know, like I was sitting with young people or like the average Australian that might have been, you know, on sixty-five thousand. And we helped her get a property, and then you're sitting with these other guys that come up with all these, these excuses about I can't do it. Or, I need to listen to this person, and, and you're on quadruple, <laughs> you know, triple what what this what this girl was on. So that was probably the awesome thing when you know the last three years I, I was learning about you know different types of people where you know you always wanted to help these guys at the top, yeah. but you know there's there's another you know there's these other people as well that we were helping along the way that helped me you know probably developed my you know my business as well or my my mindset or who I am as, as a director of a company as well you know you're you're sitting with you know the these people or the average Australian helping them buy property um, and then you, you also get the opportunity to have the best players in the world but they're not even doing anything for themselves so I think that's what I've been able to learn about mindset yeah. you know a like lot when people want when people see the value in investing they do it compared to the people that probably think they that that income will or that type of uh, contract is going to last you for the rest of your life. Where, where it really won't.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So I guess uh, what do you got moving forward with you guys? Like you just sort of any. Um, um yeah, share a bit about that. I,
1: th- I think for us, bro, um, me and my business partner, we've, we've always been about growth. Um, you know, because you know, you know what it's like, bro. If you're selling if you're in the property game or the development game you know it's it's very very rewarding financially and you know what we were able to do last year was help a lot of people buy property and it was financially rewarding for, for myself and for Matt and and what we've always wanted to do was grow our business so now you know just in our second year we're able to Oh, well, actually, you know, last year we were able to get a property and now develop on it for for our investors, sell it all off the plan. You know, have that pretty much sold within you know two or three weeks. So, nice. and that space of of probably probably starting as a buyer's agent and then moving into the development stages is something that we've always wanted to do. We didn't want it. We didn't know that we were going to probably do it. You know, as quick as we did yeah. and sell it all off the plan to people, which was which was pretty easy not I wouldn't say easy but the way that we structured it was you know for superannuation and obviously we've done a lot of business in the mining industry where people you know wanted that type of property in their self-managed super fund so and yep. uh, you know just in what the last 18 months now man we've, we've been able to bring you know three employees in our business now you know we've got three buyers agents working for us now nice. um, people that you know were like me man um, you know no no really uh, education, I did do my business diploma, but yeah you know, and that with where with these boys work for us now it's it's just be a, about being good people, knowing that you can help them yeah. um and then directing them in a way where you know we can help them you know buy a property and I think that's key in business um if you can if you can have the respect for someone and build that trust when you sit in front of them yeah. um, and and do what you're going to say, uh, that means a hell of a lot more than having you know all these qualifications behind you when you know you're not even going to do the right thing by the person so sure. um you know bringing people into our business to work for us you know they've got to have the same mindset as us um you know they've got to work as hard as as me and Matt do you know cuz me and Matt now you know bro we're working you know 16 16 hour days you know I probably get home sometimes at, at 12 p.m. and I sit my last meeting at 9 p.m. cuz that's when people want to see us right yeah and i guess you know for us for for me as a person um i've always wanted to learn and grow and and be be the best person that i can be by being honest, you know, yeah. having a look at something and you know, if I can do something, then I can. If I can't do something, then, say, you know, just say it, yeah. you know. Don't go away and think, shit, you know, I, I, I think I can do it. You know, <laughs> I know that I can sit in front of someone now and they can tell me the position that they're in. And nine times out of ten, bro, we, get, we can actually help them, which is, which is, you know, to have that type of business, to help people fix their credit, um, help people get finance approved, you know, show them property, whether or not they want to develop, if they want to build house and land package, buy own occupied property, you know, to sit there in front of someone and say, hey, look, we can do it, you know, sign up to my company, we can do it now is a pretty par- powerful tool, bro. Mm, sure. Um, Because, you know, you've you've got a variety of range of people that you can help. So, and in the mining industry it was really cool, bro, because, um, you know, a lot of those guys were in really bad financial situations. And, you know, just over the last 12 months, we've been able to help guys get into a, a good financial position to buy property. and And that was the ultimate goal, right, when you sit in front of someone and they're like, I can't be helped, and um you saying, "Well, you can." You know, this is why I'm here. I can do this. I've done it for someone in the same situation. Yeah. They still have to, you know. You leave that meeting, and then they still have to call you back to say, "I want to do it." You know. Yeah. So, in that in that meeting, or that or that or that proposal, when you're when you're talking to someone in the mines, you know, they're on a lot of money. You, you know, you're talking about guys that are on four and a half, five grand a week after tax. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And they've got bad credit, you know, and the only way that they can leverage the, what I think, the only way they can leverage their, their, their job or, or their income is by buying property. Mm. Um, but then they've still got a lot of work, you know, to help them get in the position to buy a property. And that could take six to eight months. But now, you know, a lot of those guys are transitioning into being able to buy property, property now, which is, you know, really rewarding, bro. You know, like I said yeah. last week, I, I sat with, I was up in Newcastle for a handover of Marwini's property, Um, the young kid that, that, that's one of the NRL boys. Yeah. And those are the rewarding days, bro. You know, when, you know, it's all done, you're pretty much just going up there to, you know, uh, cuz it's in it's the end product of what what you said you were going to do yeah. so um you know when you're driving up there by yourself or or you see them and then you hand over the property and they they're really happy you see the parents up there as well those are the days that you're like shit you know, it's just you in the car, you know, you're driving up there with music and it's, and it's cruisy, bro. It's, it's, those are the best days. It's not the, it's not the day when you get paid. It's not the day when the money's coming in. Yeah. It's the day that, you know, you're satisfied, the client's satisfied, the client's helping you and they send you a text saying, you know, I really appreciate it. I thank you. Those are the days that are the good days, bro. So, but then again, it goes back to growth. You know, what do you do with the income that... Your business might have created from helping that person, and and that's you know what our what my business partner has really helped me with is building a plan, ultimately for for us to reinvest, but then you know for our agents to learn. Okay, this is what you guys can do for yourself. You know, it's not just about creating income; it's about buying property yourself, building a property portfolio, and setting yourselves up for you know maybe when you guys have kids in the future. So, and that's being in that mindset as well. So. And it's been, you know, it's been really rewarding, bro, the last, uh, you know, 18 months for for myself and my family and, and for our business.
0: That's awesome. And that's kind of like well, Stephen Covey's got seven habits of highly effective people. And one of them is we want to build relationships based on win-win. I mean, if, when we build a, we build our relationships or we build our business on a win-win, like yeah. you win, I win. It's not like, but. That's right. When we look around and I guess going back to even the professional managers and stuff, their relationships aren't built on win-win. Their relationships nah. is, are built on <laughs> me winning. By me winning, you losing <laughs> and that's kind of. Kind of like why there's so much destruction within that. But, that's so true, bro. I mean, that's kind of like where you want to – it's a yeah, beautiful bit of uh, insight there because that's kind of like what you're going to do by you succeed and, and vice versa. I mean, that's kind of – That's it. That's going to yeah. build build uh, relationships and, and connections. And like you said, like being able to be, have that moments where you've just helped him get into a property at 20 – 21 years old, yeah. like you're helping him get his security, him and his family. I mean, yeah. even the full impact of of that, it won't even really be fully manifested till years to come, really, like even at that age. That's right, like, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, cool, it's amazing buying a property, but it won't be till like he's 30, even 35, when he looks back and goes like, oh, wow, like that is – it's a huge thing what I did then because then he's – Yeah. Yeah, you know, but rather – so that's kind of like a – it's an ongoing – effect really it's, a, it's an amazing thing yeah. to do initially but then like the real beauty in that is is still yet to uh, fully manifest
1: yeah the the cool thing about it as well you know as is, is, you know like for 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 that kid he, he's um you know he's really young he doesn't really talk too much so we pretty much were introduced to the parents you know, i saw the parents up there um last week and like they love our business hey yeah. You know, because um, oh, now, now we're helping the other son buy a property and I think if anything did go wrong, they would never come back, you know, yeah. like fair, referrals are funny, funny thing, right? And when we started last year, a lot of our business was referral-based, so help one client, yeah. they referred somebody else about because of the experience. Yeah. And it's still, you know, that's what happened, you know, last week as well, now we're helping the other brother buy a property, Um, the, the mum and dad want to have a look at trying to get their own property now with the government grants. and. And that's why anything that I try and do is, is calculate it in a way where, you know, it's going to you know benefit the client or benefit the person about what they want to do. You know, this is what we do. But, you know, ultimately, you know, what do you know about that? You know, this space, first of all, what do we have to help you understand about, you know, what you want to do by achieving that goal uh, within property as well? And, you know, now it's been. You know, like I said, bro, a lot of a lot of our business now is based on referrals, and and, and um, you know, having that relationship with that family now. Uh, actually, I just sat with a brother and uh, the last night and his partner, so and they're keen as you know, and and that's that's the rewarding part as well about helping you know a, a family as well, yeah, you know, and in, and then in, in the multi-family type of business space, it, sometimes it can be really really difficult, yeah. um, but yeah, I think I think the model of our business is doing the right thing, and it, and it's working well at the moment, which is good.
0: For sure, I think just given your your own life experiences, your own life journey, having all that wisdom with that, you're going to be able to really make a huge difference to a lot of uh you know a lot of the younger guys and a lot of this obviously in that professional era too, which is which is amazing.
1: Yeah, we're trying, bro. We're trying.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's like it's like, <laughs> just like it's just awareness, but hey, I mean, the more conversations you can have about it. it, and the more it yeah. sort of gets out there, and people can sort yeah. of because that's the beauty about this big shift that's happening collectively. I guess more more people are. Uh, you know what? What we believed ten years ago to now, what's available because of the power of like podcasts, uh, social yeah. media, like you know all these um, amazing content that gets out there for people to be able to listen to, and then yeah. and then get on board. I guess so. Uh, we'll share share with us like where, where people can find you. Obviously, your social media. You got your your private one, but also then WT Capital, uh, your website. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. Instagram. I think everyone's on Instagram now. I do, I do a bit of stuff on my personal page, just day to day, you know, activities of of what I do, business activities, running, training, who I am as a person. Um. I do a bit of stuff on there, so it's just yeah. I don't know Tomato if you want to look me up. Um, and then obviously our business pages as well w t capital on facebook um more so instagram um, i think a lot of younger generation now on on instagram but uh yeah yeah email email me i don't know at w t dot com
0: i'll i'll share the links in the show notes for you guys too but i highly suggest getting on board and having a have a look at him whether you' are you know, you're in that final financial position now to capitalize on it or even if it's in your plan like I mean
1: that's it
0: just has sit down and have a chat or send an email say you know well, I want to buy property but this is my position I mean it's all about sort of setting us up yeah. for the future and and bringing that sort of um, security which we all we all desire we all, it's a it's foundation of, of of us it's in, in our nature and especially
1: that's it
0: we want to feel secure and we want to feel um that we a future is secure because I mean this data living day-to-day or paycheck-to-paycheck or, you know, sort of whatever. It's not really – whether you identify it consciously or it's definitely happening on a subconscious level, there's this you – know, you're not secure within your future, so then it's going to affect you, your ability to turn up and, and be the best you can be. That's right. So I guess the more that we can share that, and that's why yeah, like I said before, I love what you're doing and, and using your um using your story and, and your journey to really understand and have – uh, deeper awareness of of where where things can be better, and then having that service available to for people to be able to, to dive into that. Yeah, awesome, my brother, awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's cool at the moment as well. Now, um, you know, you you realistically only really need a job now because obviously the government's giving all the government grants out now, which is a new, you know, builders grant, which is twenty thousand um, for first home owners now as well. You get another twenty thousand or, or or ten thousand if you're uh, I'm an Australian resident uh, you need to be an Australian citizen to get a couple of other grants but realistically now you don't even have to have savings to get you know to get yourself into a property which is pretty new it's a new space for a lot of people so you know which is giving people opportunity to buy property ultimately that's that's a lot of the go- a goal for a lot of you know a lot of people now so um, yeah just reach out if anyone wants to have a bit of a chat see where you are get pre-approved. Um, You know we have we have broker a broker uh, now that works for us uh, full time that looks after all of our clients. So if anyone just wants to have a bit of a chat about that, happy to help.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll put all the links in there for you guys to to get on and have a look. Awesome, my brother. Thank you for sharing. I feel like there's some no worries, bro. Some awesome. Even uh, I guess I mean even guys out there that could have been in your same position. Yeah. 10 years ago reach out to the bro like he's he'd be more than happy to sort of you know have have a chat for sure he's gained so much wisdom and understanding of, of of the stuff and there's uh definitely you're a big heart man and you i love what you're doing you want to be a part of it thanks bro he's just jumped on board now obviously locally we're uh here in bali we're starting up this community where we're um want to give back to this beautiful place that's uh given given me and these people that i'm working with so much uh we're just donating uh, raising funds we've sort of started doing trips to the orphanages i think we've visited 150 kids in total all up and donated a heap of food and and aaron and wt capitals jumped on board with that so i mean he's he's awesome for his support and uh it's, happy to help bro happy to help for sure thank you my brother uh yeah well will uh, we'll wrap that up there my man and um yeah thanks for coming on and talk again soon cool bro
1: yeah no thank you very much for having me bro great chat we move We moved pretty quickly through everything, but I think everyone got the message eh? you know if if anyone needs a help even just just to chat about anything you know uh, life uh, property you know life I think life's very important, especially if you 've got kids, you know we all get the opportunity to be you know in a better place every day so you know I know a lot of people go through some tough some t- tough stages in their life. I definitely went through it, and sometimes it's not that easy. You know to reach out, but I think you know if you can be, you know that type that person there where people feel comfortable to even just have a chat about. Um, You know I'm I'm, I'm always there. People reach out to me every day about certain things, even just having a coffee. So you know if you're that type of young kid or you're or you're a little bit older and you want to have a chat, reach out. You know I, I see my pages on on Instagram. Reach out. You know happy to chat to anyone really. So awesome. yeah, for sure. Love that,
0: my man. Love that. Cool, bro. Thanks for having me, brother. Cool, bro. I'll talk to you soon. So stay tuned sending you guys love and light thank you for listening to the justin louis podcast i hope you've enjoyed this episode and please subscribe and like and leave some comments Um, and feel free to share this to anyone you feel may benefit from the information was provided here sending you love and light and wishing you the health and happiness that you deserve bye for now